Welcome back to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick, broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. During the second week of Advent, going into the third week, quickly approaching the great gift that we celebrate every year, Jesus Christ coming into our lives at Christmas. And I wanted to start today with a prayer again for the COVID virus, even though it seems like maybe we are seeing light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely we are. The vaccines seem to be coming out. It's still a very difficult time for our our country and our world. 3,000 people died yesterday. And so let us pray for them and for their families for health care givers, for all those working on a cure, that they will be inspired by the Holy Spirit to bring an end to this and that we be guided by responsible leaders in our government that will recognize how much more there is still to do to protect those, those especially who are vulnerable. Give us the wisdom, dear Lord, to recognize that in all of these challenges that we have, that some good will come from this pandemic. Maybe things that we cannot even imagine yet, but maybe also a, a sense that we have to help one another in more intentional ways. We ask this all in your name. Amen. So, returning to... Now we're in the late 1970s. Uh, I spoke a bit about my separation and divorce from my wife, and I don't want to diminish the difficulty that I experienced in that uh, separation. I was living in a time uh, when I didn't have a, a great many friends yet, and that's something I... I Feel like I don't talk about it enough in in this autobiography. The the great blessings I have had, experienced, and continue to to experience over the years. I remember when I was living in West Lafayette, and I would talk to Father Cash or Father Timothy about my going back to Crete or Chicago and visiting friends from first grade. <laughs> And how stunned they would be by that. And, of course, not just friends from first grade, but from elementary school and high school and college and my fraternity and my time working at the bank and my time in graduate school in Illinois. And then my going to Washington, D.C. and beginning to develop some really wonderful friendships there. And I don't, I don't know quite the reasons why maybe I just value friendships so much and I I don't want to let go of them. And so I, I, I have done my best to continue to, to nurture the friendships that I've been blessed with over the years. And so I can say that I have friends that have stayed, <laughs> we've stayed together, we've stayed uh, and very much a part of our lives. As we get older, 
maybe they become even more precious. So to all of you, I don't always get to mention all of every, all the friends I've had by name. Um, golly, I'm, I'm just so truly blessed. Well, what what I think was going on then, you know, when I was experiencing or living through that separation is trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I, I, I was very blessed to be working for Congressman George O'Brien. He was a, a great support during my separation and divorce. He got an attorney for me when my wife filed in, uh, former wife filed in Texas. Uh, in fact, he was uh, having, the, the day I asked him to find me a lawyer, he said, I think I can do something. And he was having lunch with Leon Jaworski that day. Now, some of you maybe remember him. He was very much involved in the, the Watergate uh, prosecutions and <laughs> so so Leon Jaworski got my attorney. It was just one of his associates, but still. And then they did, I think they charged me $100. It was something ridiculous. Uh, so I was taken very good care of through that process. But I decided that what I was going to do the following summer was go to Italy. And it was something that has remained rather transformative. I, I decided... I was going to go. I didn't know anybody that could go with me. I saved up some money. I don't know how quite I did that, although you know, certainly it was much cheaper to go back then. The dollar was strong. Uh, I don't even remember what the airfares were, but I decided if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And so during the August recess, and Congress has a long August recess, I was going to go for two weeks and have it sort of planned out. I mentioned I talked to Jennifer Jones. <laughs> my, <laughs> I would call her my travel agent, but she gave me some really good suggestions about what to, to, to do in Italy, not so much in particular cities, but to, she made, made a great point that I should go to Siena to, for the El Palio, which is a very famous horse race that they do twice a year in the summer. And so I was going to do the typical Italian tour, Rome, Florence, Venice. I was going to do Siena there. I don't think I planned on going to Assisi that trip. So I had a my best f friend uh, at uh, one point in my life, Tommy Tarquinio, his aunt Janine Cazenza had a travel agency. And so I said, well, just at least plan the beginning of my trip so that I have a place to stay in Rome and I have transportation from the airport to my hotel because I, I didn't want to negotiate the trains and uh, other public transportation at that point, uh, especially traveling on my own. And so she took care of that and they had a limousine waiting for me. I've never done this again, but uh, it was, a, it was a, a bit of a relief too to have that uh, uh, the car waiting for me. But one of the best things that Janine recommended, she says, listen, Fly Alitalia because as soon as you get on the plane, your vacation is going to start. And boy, was she right! It, it, it was the most extraordinary thing. It was, it was, I had several experiences when I was traveling in Italy that felt like they were a Fellini film, and that air, that air flight was one of them. It's, 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 as soon as the plane got off the uh, on the ground and the lights went, the, the seatbelt lights lights went off. People were up, and what I would learn 
later, we called this a passeggiata, when people just kind of walk around and around uh, the, the piazza of, uh, of Italy. Uh, that's their, a very uh, important part of their socialization. They got up and they were walking around the airplane with, with the jackets draped over their shoulders, smoking cigarettes, of course, because we could smoke back then. And, and it was festive, and people were drinking. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I, Janine was right. I'm sure I told her that when I got back. What a great way to start the trip. So I get to Rome. I'm staying at a hotel quite near the Via Veneto, which is the, sort of the center of the, the, what, they, what we used to call La Dolce Vita, uh, very still a very fashionable, uh, important uh, street for what you would what you would call the, the what they call the sweet life in Italy, in Rome, and so there's a lot of activity there. And I remember the very first day I went down the the the, the, the uh, to the Piazza di Spagna, the Spanish Steps, and just hung out there. I I made my way to the Piazza Navona that night, which they call the living room of Rome, and all this activity at night, just people walking around and and taking in the sights. I was was drunk on Rome and on the the spectacle of Rome. And where I was staying was very much in the old part of the central part. I could walk to everything. There wasn't even much of a subway system back then. I don't know if there, the subway even existed back then. It, they, they had a lot of struggles with it because of all the antiquity they kept running into. But the most spectacular thing of all, and, uh, and, and the Pantheon remains probably my most favorite building in the world, just uh, awe-dropping uh, to walk in and see that dome, 2,000 years old. But when I went to St. Peter's, I... I, I, I must. I wish somebody had taken a picture of me because I, I think my jaw must have fallen to the floor. The, the awesomeness of it in that real, the real sense of that word. I, I was stunned, stunned at the beauty of it, and I was taking pictures, uh, like crazy. And back then, you were not allowed to take pictures inside St. Peter's. And I don't know how I got away with it, but I did. And I had a, I, I, I had brought a nice camera with me, too, on that trip. As I know, I wanted to capture some of these very special moments. I went to the, 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 the church of San Luigi dei Francesi, which is quite near the, 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 the Piazza Navona for the first time, and have been back many times to see those, the Caravaggios that are there. Oh, one thing I should mention is that on my way to the airport on that trip, I went to the bank to get cash and my, and traveler's checks, and I didn't realize it, but I had a friend was taking me to the airport, and I, I dropped my glasses on the street as I was dashing into the bank. Of course, I was doing everything at the last minute, and as I came out, the, my friend was still double parked there, but I could see there there was my glasses, and I also saw a bus roll run over them. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm like running a little bit late to get to the airport, and so my, my glasses were crushed. And so my whole, <laughs> my whole trip to, 
to Italy was a little blurry-eyed. I remember, actually, I was on the Via Veneto one, ta- one night taking a taxi cab. I don't remember where I was going, but I'm trying to flag a taxi cab, and I'm waiting and waiting, and I'm squinting my eyes because I could see fairly well during the day, but golly, at night, it was a real challenge. And so I finally wave a, a, a taxi down, and I just jump in, and I tell him where I'm going. And the man turns around, and it was a policeman. <laughs> Oh, I could, I could see that, the little thing in the top of the vehicle that I thought was a taxi light, and, and it was a police car. Anyway, I he knew I was a goofy American. So, the, so my itinerary was to go to Rome, go to San Benedetto del Tranto to see my relatives for three days, and then go on to uh, Florence, then to Siena, to the Apollo, and then to Venice, and then go to Milano, and then and then fly from there. I'll do that all in two weeks. I thought it was a reasonable schedule. So I go to take the train to San Benedetto from Rome and was able to maneuver it. It's a little bit of a tricky thing. I, I, I just spoke practically no Italian at this point. Really, for all intents and purposes, you could say I didn't speak any. And I arrived at San Benedetto. All I, I didn't know how I was going to make the connection with my relatives. I had written to them, of course. There's no, there was no computers back then, so everything was via mail. And my, my sort of my uncle, uh, his name is, we call him Buffa. His real name is Ramo. And I found out why we call him Buffa. He's, he said, you'll know me. I have a big mustache. Well, Buffa means big mustache. And so sure enough, I'm, at the, I'm, I'm getting off the train in San Benedetto da Tronto, and this is the most gigantic mustache I've ever seen in my life. You could not miss him up from a mile away. And there he was with the greatest smile. Here, these relatives who hadn't seen any of their American cousins since the early 1950s when my grandmother visited them, and this is, was, was her hometown, and my my cousin my my cousins and my uncle was there and it was as if we had known each other all our lives i could not have imagined a warmer welcome how very very kind they they were and welcomed me into their homes we 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 uh, walked it was a it was an easy walk to the to the condo where him and his wife, my my mom's actually they're not they weren't my aunt and uncle although that's what I called them because they were my mom's uh, first cousin is Rainbow's wife Lisa, um, but they were my mom's age of course, and they had never met my mom, and so they welcomed me into their home, and I I became. A part of the family. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. They um, had a, a, a quite a crowd there to greet me, and every day they would we would have our big meal at the middle of the day, and my um, cousins that are my age, um, Batista and Orlando. They're, they were both married and they had children, little children at the time, and they would be there for lunch. Uh, my, 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 the first first few days I was there, and I thought, well, this is really nice uh, that they would come for, for lunch to spend some time with me. Um, 
and of course we had a great feast every day. We, our big meal of the day would be around twelve thirty, twelve forty-five. My grand, my aunt uh, Lisa would make me this gigantic cup. I used to always drink my cup of coffee black, and then I got there, and she would make me this big cup, a bowl really, of cafe latte every morning. And so I switched, and I still have. I've never gone back to. I, I have black coffee only when I absolutely have to. I just love it when it's served that way. And I have. Um, um, be, I became friends with a, a, a woman named Ariella, who was right about my age. She was the niece of Lisa and and Ramo, so she really wasn't a, a relative of mine. But sort of you know like the the cugini that we all say uh, in, in in Italian families that everybody seems to be a cousin. Well, Mariella had a very flexible schedule apparently and I I didn't speak Italian and so Mariella set it as her task to teach me Italian and we San Benedetto is a resort town a beautiful resort town right on the Adriatic Sea and she and I with her friend Stella we would go to the beach every day they would come and pick me up after breakfast and then we would go for a couple hours and just sit at the beach and she would she would teach me Italian, but you know, of course, early on, my 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 family there had, a, a, you know, literally a thousand questions. I think about us and our life, and our family life in in the United States, and I couldn't answer their questions. So there was one night when we visited, I think, some other relative, and there was a woman there, who it was the the wife of one of the relatives who didn't speak Italian, but she spoke Spanish. And my Spanish was very good back then. I think I've forgotten a lot of it, but uh, but she spoke Spanish and French, and her husband spoke French and Italian. And so they would all ask me questions through him. They would ask questions in Italian. He would translate them to French. She would... Uh, 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 then translate them to me in Spanish, and then I would answer in Spanish. I, I, for some reason, I don't remember what episode. It reminded me of an I Love Lucy comedy, this, this long conversation that we had that night. Spanish to, to French, French to Italian, Italian to French, French to Spanish. Just asking the most basic thing, but it was quite, quite an extraordinary way to get to, to know one another as I was learning my Italian. Well, what happened after three days that I was there, my family, they said, I, well, I'm going on to, I think I was going on to Florence. They said, they were like dumbfounded. They said, Florence, why, why, why are you leaving? And I said, well, because that's my itinerary that I, I need to move on. They said, but don't you like us? <laughs> I think they really said something like that. And I said, I know I I really gosh I'm I'm very very fond of you, and they said then why would you leave your family, and I'm like well, why indeed I'm like I'm sort of like dumbfounded I was having such a wonderful time we were laughing and eating and going to the beach it was this beautiful town city really a small city just gorgeous, I said you're right, why should I leave and so, I said. The heck with it. I'm going to cancel the rest of my itinerary and I'm going to spend the week and a half, I guess, 
that I had at that point, and I'm going to spend it with, with my family. And that's what I did. Now look at this. Here I am. I was going to tell you all about my Italian trip this episode, and I have probably done about half of it. So we're going to have to pick up the rest of it on my next broadcast, and that's really when all the, the, the real fun starts. <laughs> so certainly tune in next time so that you can hear the rest of my Italian adventure. And as they say in Italy, ciao, ci vediamo dopo.